This is firefighter Raphael Poirier for Firehouse Subs, introducing the new Firehouse Pub Steak Sub with savory steak, crispy fried onions, and our rich Belgian beer cheese sauce. On tap for a limited time. Order yours at firehousesubs.com today. Remember, a portion of every sub you buy helps provide life-saving equipment for first responders. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Limited time only, plus tax. Participating locations. Firehouse Subs will donate a minimum of $1 million in 2018 to the Firehouse Subs Public Safety Foundation by donating 0.13% of every purchase. Football, baseball, basketball, and more. You're listening to Fantrax Radio, the home of fantasy sports talk. Rotoware.com. Rotoware. Big shout out to the Rotoware uh, company. It's so comfortable. Can't recommend them enough, man. Yeah. High quality t shirts. Shout out to Rotoware.com. You see me rocking the shirts on the videos and stuff like that. Where'd you get that? Rotoware. That is courtesy of Rotoware. It's just it's just the highest quality of shirts. Yeah, I really like the baseball designs you got here. The shirt is beautiful. Everybody who I've talked to who has the shirt basically says they can't believe how good the quality is. Yeah, kid, I've seen you've been getting a lot of love. You said you've been only running for a little over a month. CBS guy. Guys are tweeting out shirts. I'm seeing fantasy personalities everywhere digging this guy's shirt. I love the Run DFS shirt. It comes with baseball cards with all the different shirts on it. Rotoware on Twitter. Check out rotoware.com. Oh my God, is this, is this shirt making love to me right now? Like, what's going on? I love this shirt. Hello out there, and welcome to the Fantasy World Order Fantasy Baseball Podcast presented by Fantrax Radio. I am Pat Donovan. You can find me on Twitter at PatrickFWO. I'm joined, as always, by Nick Ligatino. What's up, guys? You can follow me at NickFWO on Twitter. And Joe Saunders. What's up? You can find me at JoeFWO on Twitter. Okay, guys, we just got a brief bit of news to run through tonight, and then we're going to get on with our shortstop preview. That brief bit of news is Randall Grichuk was traded to Toronto for Dominic Leone and Connor Green. Reports are that Grichuk is looking at full-time at-bats. What do you think of him in Toronto? And is the jump from 97th outfielder in the NFBC overall ADP to the 91st outfielder as of ADPs over this weekend, is that sufficient or do you have him higher than that? Yeah, so that jump is not high enough. I moved him about uh, 45 spots up. Um, I had him down there. Originally, with playing time concerns in St. Louis with Ozuna jumping in, um, but now in Toronto, he should be a good bet to get, to get some plate appearances. And uh, I think a low 30s pop and a 240 average is what you can kind of count on with Grichuk. Yeah, I'm pretty uh, high on him too. Um, I love the park overlay. 12 extra homers in Toronto. They apparently want to play him full time. He's a flawed player, but this is one of the best situations you could have gotten for him. And in addition to the power, he's got sneaky speed. He could steal 10-plus bases there easily if he gets full-time playing time. I comp him to Steven Souza without the walks. So give me a projection, Pat. 33 homers, 11 steals, wow. 245 batting average. Hello. Joe, give me one. Uh, I'm right I'm right on there, too. Uh, oh, like two, shit. 243, 33, uh, like eight stolen bases. Okay. Wow. Those are good projections. What are you having for, Nick? I mean, I've always liked Rechuk, and the ball, the move is is definitely beneficial. So I, I have him for 27, 7, and the batting average, he'll probably be around 245, 250-ish. Okay. All right, so let's move, to, let's move to shortstop. And kicking off, we have the first overall shortstop, Trey Turner. NFBC, 5.43 ADP, Fantrax, 7.47. 
so both solidly in the first round. A year after the market was extremely aggressive on Turner, they've kept the faith. What do you think about Turner as a mid-first round pick? Surprisingly, I like it. And we were not in with the ADP last year, but you know, for, for good reason. We It was just a very, very small sample size. The power did kind of come out of nowhere. Um, but it looks like this is what he is now at this point. Um, last year, almost 100 games played, 11 home runs, 45 steals, 284 average. If you watched him steal a base last year, he is out. He is like one of the fastest guys in baseball. So I think you could really, if he plays a full season, you could bank on being like his absolute floor. But if I had to put a number on it, I think he's going to steal 60 bases this year. I, I have his projections for 186290. Uh that's a really nice season. Um, and he's gonna get really good counting stats being on that offense. So I, I I'm with the ADP. I like it a lot. And it's and, it, and especially at this position, it is you're gonna see as the show goes on, it's very, very shallow, in my opinion. Okay, let me just chime in here. Because your projection pretty much mirrors his six hundred plate appearance pace. He's a 19 homer, 60 stolen base, 100 runs guy over the course of what would be 600 at bats, uh, 600 plate appearances rather. So you are right in line with what he's done. And I agree with you, Nick. I mean, we were both kind of skeptical. We didn't like the idea of a player with 300 plate appearances going in the top half of the first round or mid first round as he was last year. Um, but now we've got a pretty big sample size. So, I'm on board with it, and he addressed the biggest issue that I had with him last year, which was his chase rate. Um, he's down to 25%. That's 7% down from where he was in 2016. So uh, the contact is no longer as much of a concern as it was last year. I, I, I think he's going to hit around 280, and when you pair that with mid-teens pop and the upside to steal 50 or 60 stolen bases, and then on top of that, lead off for one of the best teams in the league. Um, you know, that that's that's where I think we are. Joe? Where, where, where does he go uh, in OPS leagues? It's a good question. Um, I still think in a league where OPS is a category, he's assuming, you know, everything else is the same. Mm -hmm. I'm still putting him in the back end of the first round, which is where I have him, by the way. I'm not completely on board with this, but... I'm okay with him as a first round pick. Yeah, just to just to add add what I have. Um, I I agree. I think he's a, a back end first rounder, and I think it's just because I'm not entirely positive that he'll hit around 300. He doesn't make contact like the elite uh, batting average guys that you'd expect. Um, he's so fast though that he he'll still probably be around like 270, 280 at least at the, as the floor. Um, but I think people are just banking on 300 like it's a lock and i'm not so sure about that and and real quick before we move on um if you take his 2017 and his 2016 and mash them together which makes pretty much a full season he went 22 home runs 75 steals 320 average yeah that, is, that was basically what i was saying is that yeah. if you go 600 plate appearances which is about a full season you know 19 60 steals 100 runs yeah, he's, he's a stud, I, I think. I'm pretty sure. Nick, do you put him in the middle of the first round, or is he a late first rounder for you? I, so are you, I would are you take, a little bit lower than the market like me and Joe, or are you with the market? 
No, I'm with the market. I like I take him over Blackman and some of the other guys. I, I I like Turner a lot. Okay. All right, let's move to Carlos Correa. NFBC fourteen point five one, Fantrax thirteen point one four in terms of ADP. Correa was on pace for a thirty five homer season to go with elite counting stats and a three fifteen, three ninety one, five fifty triple slash. Why do you think the market has pushed him out of the first round? Do you think it's injury, lack of speed? Do you think it's warranted? I, I think it's lack of speed. I, I think that I agree. I think that when he was coming up, I mean, I definitely thought that he was going to steal bases, uh, and I still think it's in his repertoire. I think it's going to come. I really do. But that two stolen base number last year, I look at it and I'm just completely confused by it. I really don't understand how it's possible because he is a, a really fast runner. Um, Joe is the Astros fan, so I'm gonna just throw it to you here, but but I, I have his projection this year for 32 home runs, 12 steals. So do you think he could get to 10 plus steals this year? Uh, I don't think he's going to get to 10. I think he'll be right under it. And you are right on the analysis, right? He is fast. He can steal the bases. This is solely just him batting in the three spot or the four spot. Yeah, but we've, we've seen guys steal bases in those in those positions in this league even even the power hitters who don't have that much speed like rizzo goldschmidt whoever i i just don't get it from correa because i when he was coming up he was stealing 20 bases with his eyes closed in half seasons in double a triple a and then came up in 2015 a shortened season 14 steals 2016 13 and all of a sudden it just dropped off yeah i mean he could do it i just don't think uh i i just don't think he has the same willingness to run Okay, so let me ask you this. If we're looking at Correa as a 30-plus homer guy who's going to hit around 300 and steal 8 to 10 bases, should he be higher or is the market pricing him correctly? No, I think the market's pricing him correctly. I agree. I don't. I I actually think I would have him a hair higher. I think he's a first-round pick. Um, A lot of 30-10 guys now. I I understand that, but it's shortstop, and it's 30-10 with – uh, somewhere between a 285 and a 310 batting average. Yeah. And that's really, and I made this point last week with Beltre, that's really the asset that you want because there's plenty of guys that can go 3010, as you said, Nick, but there's not many guys that can go 3010, 300. And there's not a lot of guys at shortstop that can go 3010, yeah. 300. And it's a major advantage at shortstop, especially when you consider this is the 304 hitter for one of the best lineups in baseball. He's going to have very elite numbers and counting stats for as long as he's healthy. So I have him actually in front of Turner, in, in my view. So so do I, actually. They're back-to-back, but I would put Turner probably at 11 or 12 and Correa probably at 9 or 10. Uh, quick question. Vacuum. Sure. Vacuum. Carlos Correa, Josh Donaldson. Correa. Correa. Easy. Yeah, easy. And I love Donaldson. Okay. Okay, let's move to Francisco Lindor, NFBC 21.20, Fantrax 20.19, so almost identical. Lindor traded some batting average for a power boost. Do you think he could potentially combine the two skills this year? Yeah, I definitely think he can. Um, This kid has all the skills in the world. You watch him play, the talent is on the field. You just see it. He can do everything. Not only is he fast on the bases and you could count on the steals, but he's a smart base runner. He's just a smart baseball player. And... That's all coming from a kid who's just 24 years old. Um, I also, you know, he's actually, he he's a little bit 
bigger, I think, than people think, too. He kind of looks small on the field, but he does have – he is 5'11", 190, and a lot of his muscle. The kid does have a nice build. So the power could be real. I didn't think – I don't think he's a 30 home, uh, 30 home run hitter, but I think he'll be in the, like, 25 to 33-ish area. That's going to come with a bunch of steals and a good average as well. I love Lindor. Uh, let me ask you a question, Nick. Go. If you were a betting man, would you bet that he's – a 300 plus hitter this coming year or 28 home runs? Oh, 28 home runs. Okay. Uh, so I, I think that he can do it in his career. I'm just not sure it's going to come so soon. Um, after, you know, kind of selling out for a little bit of power last year, um, we saw that batting average drop, the bat pip drop. Um, so I, I imagine that he's going to improve and one year he'll put it all together. I'm just not sure if next year is the year. So what do you project him for, Joe? What do I project him for? Uh, I project him for pretty close, 292 and 33. Okay. And what are the steals? 14. Okay. Wow. That's that's pretty studly. Yeah. Um, listen, the projection systems have looked at this guy, and they say that he can combine the two skills. I agree. Twenty-five. I have him for 25 homers and 290. Maybe he ticks down the flies and a tick up in the line drives, or, or maybe he gets a few more infield hits. Um, the fly balls went up, as Joe said, but they weren't crazy. They weren't over 50%. So I think he's safe to project for a league average or slightly above Babbitt, and I think that'll get him there. Um, the most encouraging thing about his power spike, he actually swung and missed less. The K rate was identical, so he didn't sacrifice Ks for power, just the Babbitt. Um, Personally, I think he's going to tick down a little bit in the homers. The Statcast, the Statcast data was was good to league average, but it's not outstanding. I don't think he's a perennial thirty plus homer guy. Uh, I think he's going to settle in the mid twenties, but I think you can also count on fifteen plus steals from him. So you guys are both Jose Ramirez guys. Let me ask you this: since their ADPs are almost identical, who do you want, Lindor or Ramirez? Oh God, that's tough. Because for um, me, the answer is Lindor. It's Lindor because it's a shortstop. Yes. Uh, yeah, it's probably I'm. I'm gonna give the edge to Lindor. Bad by a hair. <laughs> yeah, you really, really, really want Jose Ramirez. <laughs> I love Ramirez. Yeah, no, I give it to Ramirez. I'm taking Ramirez. I'm not selling just, out. I'm just boy. be honest. All right, uh, fourth, Corey Seager, NFBC 38.97, Fantrax 32.03. Let's do an either or. Would you rather have Corey Seager or Alex Bregman, who we discussed on the third base podcast, but has shortstop eligibility and a comparable ADP to Seager? For me, it's Seager, and it's not even close. For me, it's Bregman, wow, and it's not done. particularly close. Uh, for me, it's Bregman, and it is close. <laughs> so we're all over the map. So Nick, go ahead. Tell us, tell us why you like Seager better. All right. So I, I absolutely love this kid. I would actually take him over Francisco Lindor straight up. You heard wow, it here, baby. That's stunning. That's right. That is um, actually stunning. What I see coming this year from Seager is a huge power breakout. Huge in a big way. Big way. Huge um, with a Y. Huge with a Y. Um. Listen, the kid is a fantastic, fantastic contact hitter. 
Uh, it's got a beautiful, pure swing, extremely balanced, extremely composed. That's all good. We saw it coming up, and it translated well as he hit 308 and 295 in his first two seasons, respectively. Uh, 26 home runs, 22 home runs back-to-back, not with a what you want him to be, but I think that's going to change. Um, the exit velo, very pretty, 89.74. That's two points above league average. If he changes his long angle just a little bit, just a tiny bit, you were going to see a big difference in the, in the in the number of bombs he hit this this year, and I think it's going to come this year. I have him projected for thirty three home runs, ten steals, three fifteen average. Very close to Lindor, but more pops. Ooh, yeah, that is that is lofty. I mean, I I actually project him for more power than he's shown. I have twenty nine home runs, but I just I, I don't see the steals anywhere. So. Uh, that's that's really the difference maker for me with Bregman, and forty four percent hard contact last year as well. Just want to throw that in. It's it's really the steals. I mean, coupled with the the dual eligibility, so that's why I have Bregman over Seager. Yeah, I think Seager's got the edge over Bregman, a slight edge over Bregman in most categories. I think he's going to hit for, probably for a better average. I think he's got more pop in his bat. Mm-hmm. The counting stats should be comparable. Yep, but. I feel comfortable that Bregman's going to get somewhere between 15 and 20 steals. And I don't share Nick's faith in Seager's speed. I think Seager at most is a five steal guy. Um, so I, I think that difference in steals is enough that I'm willing to give Bregman the edge plus the additional um, eligibility. There is a narrative out there though, that Seager is overpriced. And I think that's probably unfair. Um, I, I, I think that Seeger has more upside for power than he's shown at this point. Last year he got hurt. Yeah, he was hurt. So I'm not going to sit here and say he's a low 20s homer guy. I think he's an upper 20s to 30 plus homer guy. I share Nick's optimism with regard to the power. Um, he's an elite batting average guy. Again, I can't stress this enough. When you can combine – the power and the average, I think that that makes him an elite asset regardless of whatever he's going to give you in the steals. Don't get caught up in the steals. Um, I think the ADP is pretty good. Um, would I prefer him in the fourth round, in the 40s? Absolutely. But I don't have an issue taking him in, the, in with a pick that's in the late 30s. Do you guys agree with that, or, or do you have him further down your board? I think, Nick, you obviously have him higher, right? Yeah, I have him higher. Yeah, so, I'm in the 40s. Okay, so you're so you're with you're with the market and a little bit below. Yeah. Okay. Cool. All right, Elvis Andrus, NFBC 55.06, Fantrax 60.86. The market appears to be mostly buying his breakout. Do you? And if not, what do you project from him? Absolutely not. Absolutely. Really? What? Oh, oh my a little God. bit of a disagreement. I'm with, I'm with Nick here, by this the way. This is going to be fun. So, Joe, right. go, and then we're going to eviscerate you. Okay. Um, yeah, all right. You're going to so, get one out of the water. All right. I, I actually think the power is okay, right? He did make mechanical changes. The I think what's being overlooked here, and don't get me wrong, right? I actually don't like Elvis Andrews for this reason that I'm about to mention, is that everyone's kind of banking on that batting average going up or being higher because he's done it in the past. But he chased more pitches. He whiffed more often. He made less contact both overall and in the zone. So I think there's some real serious batting average downside, but I do think the power's mostly real. So, all right. First of all, 
there is not there is not a scenario in on God's green earth where I wind up taking Elvis Andrus before like the 90th pick overall. There like it's just not going to happen. In fact, I would say I wouldn't even take him in the top like 110 picks. I have him so far past his ADP it's not even funny. Um, I'll tell you right now, the power is not real. Uh, the exit velo is terrible. The launch angle, terrible. 7.49, by the way, Joe. 7.49. Uh, average exit velocity, 86.5. That's whatever. The guy is not a power hitter. I wish that the home run tracker was still working for some reason. It's just on the fritz for the last like month. But I can guarantee you that of those 20 home runs, I'd make any amount of money bet that 10 of those are probably lucky or just over. Um, yeah, listen, he's going to steal bases. He's probably going to hit for a decent average again. But I expect the home runs to come down to somewhere in the 10 vicinity. And I think the steals are going to be in the 20s, and he's going to hit 280-plus. He's going to be a blah, vanilla, shortstop. This is a terrible pick at this point. Let me just chime in as to what Joe said about the mechanical changes. Because when I took a look at Andrews, I, I think that he's actually been trying to do this for a couple of years now. Um, and last year, he was finally able to cash in because he pulled his fly balls more and made the best hard contact on fly balls in his career, which was 36%. Uh, but as Nick outlined, the StatCast data doesn't back this up. He's below average on barrels per batted ball event. He's league average in terms of fly ball line drive velocity. I can buy the ex I can buy the breakout to an extent, but I just think it's on the ten to fifteen homer level, mm -hmm. as opposed to a twenty plus homer level. Um, and if he's twelve to fifteen homers and twenty five steals and a two eighty five average, he's still a good piece, but he's not worth a top sixty selection because you can get that kind of production from my boy. Eduardo Nunez. Oh, God. Later. <laughs> oh, yeah, boy. so wait. Before I get labeled El the Elvis Andrus guy. Oh, no, you are. No, no that's no. No, you're, you're the guy. No way. You are right? the Elvis so, Andrus guy. I, I'm at, I'm at show 16. Show up the draft. like Elvis Presley because you're such I, a big fan of Elvis. I'm at 16 home runs, but I yeah. think – the, I, I seriously think the batting average is like 270, not 285. Dude, that's it. Listen, if anybody out there wants updates – uh, up to the minute updates on Elvis Andrus, you go to Joe FWO. The <laughs> Elvis Andrus guy. Okay, so, oh let's, so let's so let's let's clean this up. Joe, where do you have him in terms of overall, approximately? Overall? Yeah, where are you taking him? Because he's uh, a top sixty pick in both fan tracks and NFBC. It's oh, insane. That's a fifth round pick. Uh, like a hundred and ten ish. Oh. <laughs> I'm telling you, I, I don't. I'm not in on Elvis Andrus. I was just saying, I, he made mechanical changes. Come on, Joe, you've been doing no, this show you, for no, too no. long with Nick Ligatino. Now you're talking out no. both sides of your mouth. Yeah, and what you actually started your first sentence was, "I think the power is real." I, I do. I, uh, so, all right. So then you're you think he's gonna hit 20 home runs again and steal 20 no. bases and hit? 30? I think like 15 or 16. All right, can we stop talking right. about Elvis Andrus? Yeah. Okay, I think we've made it clear where everybody is. All right, let's move to Gene Segura. NFBC 82.83, Fantrax 69.06. So we have a, a 13 pick difference. Oh, excuse me, a 27 pick difference between Andrus and Segura. Unbelievable. Um, according to NFBC. 
Fantrax has them only nine picks apart. Which more closely represents how you value each player at the position? And are you worried Segura may run less as the two-hitter behind D. Gordon? I'm not worried he's going to run less. But really quick, would, uh, Pat, who are you taking straight up? Segura or Andrus? In a the first thing I have in my notes is Segura in front of Andrus. Joe, who are you taking, Andrus or Segura? I have Segura in front of Andrus. Okay. You're still, you're still the Andrus guy. Okay. Um, <laughs> but uh, Gene Segura, yeah, I, I, you both know this is my guy. I've been a huge fan, like, forever and ever. Um, you know, I said the power is real back in 2016, and I still think it is. Last year was a shortened season. He was injured here and there. Um, he made some uh, swing changes uh, in the mid midway of 2016, bringing his hands down. He's able to catch up to the fastball more, and he's just become a better hitter, higher average, more power, everything. He just looks better across the board. Uh, this year, the Mariners lineup is completely stacked, and he is in a beautiful, beautiful part of that lineup. Now he's going to get some RBIs. Um I love him. I, I got him. I think that he puts in a full season this year, and I have him projected for 16 home runs, 35 steals, and a 295 average, and that's going to come with good counting stats. Yeah, the only thing I have to add is uh, Tanner Bell on Fangraphs did some uh, pretty good digging and research on um, batting batting position, batting order position, and uh, stolen base attempts. And what he pretty much concluded is that if you're not in the three and four spot, four spot, um, generally speaking stolen base attempts are negatively impact, impacted. So I think Segura is still a safe bet to continue to steal. Yeah, I, I think he's going to be about a 25-steal guy um, in terms of pace. And as Nick said, he's going to add the RBI production. So you're going to, you're going to be a plus in steals. You're going to be a plus in average. You're going to be league average in terms of power. And he's going to get both runs and RBIs. I, I think he's a fantastic pick. Um you know, if you decide to wait a little bit at shortstop, but you don't want to punt the position, uh, I think he's much better than Andrus. Okay, Xander Bogarts, NFBC 90.37, Fantrax 80.5. Off a disappointing year, could Bogarts return to 2016 levels? Could he reach beyond those levels? Yeah, I think he can. Uh, and I know you guys are probably going to uh, disagree with me on this. I'm pretty sure you're both Bogarts haters. Um but uh, listen, I, I like the player, and I always have. He's a good a good contact hitter. Um, you know, he doesn't have much power. He doesn't have much speed. But uh, I think he's a safe bet to go some like to go double digit uh, home run, double digit steals. And I think he does have upside. I mean, last year <clears throat> he only went 10-15. I think he's more of a 15-15 plus guy, and that's going to come with a plus average. Uh, Pat has some kind of obsession with. Xander Bogarts is Babbitt, so <laughs> you could go ahead and go on your rant about why you hate uh, Bogarts now. It's not even that I hate him. I, I think he's exactly the player that you described, which is 15, 15, 280. Um, but I just think that there's a segment of people out there that want him to be more than that, and they're trying to come up with excuses for why he wasn't last year. Um, and it, it may be true. I mean, the, 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 the narrative goes that on July 6th, he was hit by a pitch, and he had a wrist problem from there on. Up until July 6th, he was hitting over 300. I have the, the triple slash here. 308, 363, 450, 455 was his triple slash uh -huh. through July 6th. And then from then on, he really struggled. But if you look at that, if you look at the batted ball mix through July 6th, it's nothing special. 
21.6% line drive weight, 1.83 ground ball to fly ball, 18% infield fly ball rate, 22.4% soft contact, 32.8% hard contact. That provided a 367 Babbitt. That is not the kind of batted ball profile that leads to that type of Babbitt. And it shows in the X Babbitt. The X Babbitt for, for that stretch was right around 330. Following July 8th, July, July 6th, excuse me, the mix did shift a bit. He had he had some more fly balls. The line drive rate dropped 2%. The infield fly ball rate dropped 10%. Hard contact dropped 3%. Soft contact dropped 6%. So, I mean, as you can see from, from what I just said, it's all wherever he gained, wherever he lost in terms of a, a, a positive identifier of BABIP, he then lost in an area that hurts his Babbitt. So it, it's it's not like this was a player that was struggling in terms of the contact he was making. It was just the Babbitt simply regressed. And it was 277 for a 232, 321, 340 triple slash. Uh, and at the end of the year, he ended up being a 330 Babbitt guy and hit 275 or thereabouts. So he was exactly the player that he is. It's just People want to project him to be more than he is. Um, yeah, but if and, you, I agree, and I agree with Nick. There could be more power in the bat. There absolutely could be, but he's got to make a swing change. He, he's another guy. 7% launch angle. He has wait. the worst barrels. Worst barrels. Excuse me. He's among the worst in barrels per batted ball event. Go ahead, Nick. I'm, I'm sorry. All right. So when you first started, what I said was, oh, 15, 15 plus. Uh, 15 plus, 15 plus in home runs and stone base. And you said, yeah, I think he's that guy. So... Let's just say he goes 15-15 and bats 290. And he, but he's on the Red Sox lineup. He's going to get RBIs and runs. That's all great. Is he worth the 90th overall pick? No. Give me, I think, give me Marcus Simeon in 12 rounds of value over Bogarts. Joe? Yeah, so I was actually going to ask the same question, right? Do we think that Bogarts and Andrus are a function of being shortstops or a function of actually being good? And I think the answer is... It's because they're shortstops, and that's why their prices no, are driven no, too high. No, I think what Andrus it is, I think what Bogarts, I think people are still waiting for that breakout. I, I like I, he's the kind of guy, like I said with Lindor, the talent on the field. You could see how what good of a hitter he is. I disagree um, with that. I'm with Pat. Really? Right? That 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 swing is as horizontal as can be. Even but on his barrels, home runs, in barrels per batted ball event, he is 464th. There's in fly ball no to line drive velocity, he's 342nd. Yeah, but that's but that only is in correlation with home runs. No, well, yeah, I'm saying I'm saying like if you look, if you watch him hit, he's he right now he's not a 20 home run guy. It's impossible. That's fine. Um, who's drafting to be a 20 home run guy? Well, I, I think he's a guy that he, he's a guy that potentially, and when he first came up, was supposed to be this well, high if people, average. If people are drafting him as. A 280-15-15 guy, he shouldn't be going here. I agree. See, he should that, be that going back question. with Angelton Simmons because that's who Angelton Simmons is. That's, yeah, exactly. Yeah, but he plays for the Red Sox, and he's in a get. Okay, nice... and the Angels lineup is really good too. That's true. It is good. I mean, are so, we, I mean, are we that's... talking you out of this? <laughs> no, no. Listen, Bogart played 148 games last year. He had 94 runs. Um, So – this year, let's just if they if they do get JD, that lineup is going to be really, really, really good. Yeah, but he's not even um, guaranteed 
to hit anywhere near the top of the lineup. Yeah, he will. Who's gonna Who's gonna be three and four? It'll be Betts, Benintendi, Bogarts, and then four. It will be JD if he signs. If he doesn't sign, it'll be Ramirez. I don't know if Rafael gets pushed up, but I think to start the year, it's going to be Betts, Benintendi, Bogarts. Okay. Well, I mean, I, I don't know that that's going to be the case. So, I mean, I, I can't assume that. But I, I think this is what ended up happening with Bogarts. I, I looked at this ADP at first, and I was okay with it. And then I dug deeper, and I've, I realized that I was okay with it because of where he was going last year, which was like a second-round pick. So this is not good. It's just less bad than it was last year. Would you agree with that? Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely better than it was last year. Yeah. Okay. All right. That's enough on Xander Bogarts. Let's move to Trevor Story. NFBC 112, Fantrax 126.25. Through 970 MLB plate appearances, Story's full season pace is approximately 32 homers and 10 stolen bases. So let's do some over-unders. And I'll say them, and then you guys reply, and then we can dive deeper. Over, under, 32 homers. Over. Under. I'm going under, but I think because of playing time. Over, under, 10 steals. Over. Under. Under. Over, under, 250 batting average. Over. Under. Just (laughs) over. Okay, Nick, you're over. You're the strong guy, so go ahead. Yeah, I've, well, I've always been a Trevor Story guy. I mean, I, I thought I you were going to say I've always up, been a strong guy. <laughs> <laughs> I've always been a strong guy. Um, so, you know, with, here's the thing with Story. Um, one, the K rate's going to come down. We all we all agree with that, right? It's not going to be anywhere close to 34. percent Do we? Are we all in agreement there? Yeah, I'm in agreement. I think it's going to come down a bit. Okay. Yeah. So I I think it's going to come down a pretty good amount. I I haven't projected for like a between a 29 and a 31.5 ish area, which is, which is 3%, which is a big deal. Um, it's going to result in more contact, more home runs, yada, yada, yada. So with story, uh, like I said, when he was coming up, if you put him side to side, you go YouTube, a video of him, YouTube, a video, Troy Tulowitzki, they're very, very similar, same exact swing. Um, and he is still young. He still has the power. He has the speed. He was a monster in the minors. He was a monster when he first came up. We all know what he did in 2016 in a shortened season. He plays a course. The lineup is great. There's a lot of good things. The, sh- the shitty thing is that he, ha- he does have Rodgers breathing down his neck, but he's going to produce this year if he stays healthy. Last year, he was dinged up here and there. He got hit by a pitch, yada, yada, yada. This year, I haven't projected for 34 home runs, 13 steals, 260 average. So kind of close to the lines you threw at me, but over in all of them, I believe in the talent. I think the kid's going to rock and roll in, a, in his first full season. I love him. I have him way higher than his ADP. Okay, yeah. Joe, before you spew your negativity, and- let me just back up Nick on one thing. Come. Story had an excellent second half last year after early season struggles. His hard contact was 49%. He brought the strikeout rate down and was able to shrink his fly balls, which were killing his Babbitt. He had a 51.9% in the first half, down to 43.9% in the second half. So I, I do think that there is some upside here um, beyond what we saw last year. And it's it's not quite what it was in 2016 because that pace was so ridiculous. But it is close to what Nick was talking about, I think. 
Yeah, and and one quick thing to throw in, he has a 19.5 degree launch angle. That's what it was in 2017. That's like Joey Gallo, Aaron Judge, Giancarlo Stanton-esque, and it goes along with an 89.46 mile-per-hour exit velocity. So the power is there. The power is real. We all know the power is real. Um, But what he could do in a full season uninjured, I think it could be scary. Yeah, the the reason I took the unders is it's really just a playing time issue. I mean, you you mentioned it, and if for whatever reason he gets off to a really slow start, I just don't know how long the leash actually is. And especially considering that I think the Rockies think they're they're good enough to compete. Um, so I'm just a little worried that if he gets off to a slow start, it doesn't work out. And I. I like the I like the ADP because I like the upside, and I'm actually on board with you, Nick. I think if he plays the full year, something around 32, 33 home runs, 10-plus stolen bases is in the works. It's just that the floor could be something like zero. Yeah, but what, what do you – the problem – the thing with Rodgers, and I, I said it that, yeah, he's breathing his neck, but he's – I don't know if he really is. Like I said on a previous podcast, he didn't play in AAA yet, and he only played 38 games in AA. And he so, wasn't that good. Yeah, and he wasn't that good. He had hot and cold streaks. He was Corey Dickinson cold for a while. But um, and he's and he's only twenty one. So I think he's got some more time down there than than we think. Yeah, I I agree with Joe's point though. There is a non zero chance that he turns into that he turns into a zero, um, and and that's something that is I think baked into this price. I, I think that people are worried about Rogers. Um, even though he might be a little further away than people think. Um, yeah, and, and this is also this is also gets into something we always like to talk about, like roster construction, right? If you have safer guys up up top, right? Maybe you took Joey Votto instead of someone like Giancarlo Stanton who might get hurt or something, right? And you have you have players like that where it's safe, or you think you're relatively safe. Then something like Trevor Story, he can win you a league if he turns out to be great. Yeah. He's another good guy to pair with D Gordon. Yeah. Yeah. You're looking at what from the middle infield? 40, 60 from two guys with about More. 270 batting yeah, like average. 40, 70. More than yeah. 60. More yeah. like 75. Yeah. Yeah, more like 130. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's move to DD Gregorius. NFBC 115.2. Fantrax 107. Gregorius enjoyed a breakout season last year. Do you think he can replicate it? Yeah, I think he can. Uh, on, on the uh, podcast, thank you, Finn. And I, I watched this guy all year. He was just so friggin' money. And last year, he broke out, but he kind of broke out in 2016. Yeah, he uh, did. Don't forget, don't forget what he did the year before. He hit 20-plus home runs. He stole over five bases, and he hit for a good average. Did the same thing again last year. He kind of... Uh, in my opinion, resembles Stalin Castro a little bit at this point. And I, I think that the power, I, I don't know if it reaches 25 again, but he's a safe bet for 18 plus. Uh, he's a safe bet for a couple of steals and a, and a plus average. And it's going to come with good counting stats. Do I think, would I rather have, he's a little vanilla for me at this point, 115 overall. I'd rather have other guys, but uh, he's a safe play and, and I like the player a lot. Yeah, so he, uh, a couple of notes on Gregorius. So first off is if he ever got moved outside of Yankee Stadium, he takes a huge hit because he doesn't hit his uh, fly balls particularly hard. Uh, he he has upped his pull percentage a bit on those fly balls, and he's got and he's got a solid launch angle, but he just doesn't hit him that hard. And if he wasn't in Yankee Stadium, 
he probably wouldn't have hit anywhere close to 25 home runs. I take the under on 25, and I also think you have to remember that he's getting shifted down the lineup now. Um, so it takes a hit to his counting stats. So I, I'm with you, Nick. I think it's really too boring here for me to take him. Why does he get sh- thrown shifted down the lineup? What you, why would he get shifted? Stan. They acquired this guy named Stan. Yeah, but good. he batted fifth last year, most of the yeah. year. Yeah, so Bird? Oh, yeah, Bird. Okay. Yeah, Come yeah. on, Yankee fan. No, I forgot about Bird. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I echo what you guys said. I, I, I don't think the power is quite as good as it was last year, but I can see him float around 20 because of the stadium. Uh, and I agree with what Joe said as far as, you know, hypothetically, if he ever ended up outside of Yankee Stadium, this is a guy that might hit, you know, below 15 in terms of a full season. Um, but that's neither here nor there. He's in Yankee Stadium. So, okay, well, let's rank. Story, Gregorius, Javier Baez, and Chris Taylor we talked about on the second base podcast, but have shortstop eligibility in most formats. Story, Baez, Taylor, and who? Story, Gregorius, Baez, Taylor. Okay. Joe, you go first. It's Taylor, Story, Baez, Gregorius. But the last year are close. For me, it's – oh, Story and Taylor is tough. Um – Oh, man, I'm going to go with Taylor, Story, Baez, Gregorius. Okay, I'm Taylor, Story. I have Gregorius in front of Baez because I hate Javier Baez. At <laughs> 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 the shortstop, Marwin Gonzalez, NFBC 116.94, Fantrax 117.39. He's got first base, second base, third base in leagues where uh, you get in that eligibility with 19 games played or 15 games started, and outfield. He's eligible all over the map. Do you think he gets the playing time to replicate last year? And assuming he assuming he gets the playing time, can he replicate it? Charlie, let you take this. Yeah, so I think he gets the playing time for sure. Um, he's the Swiss Army knife of the Astros, so he's going to fill in at anywhere and everywhere they need him to, either uh, spelling guys or or anyone that gets hurt, he'll be in there. So I think he'll get the playing time. He'll make it up. Uh, I, I do worry about the production, though. The power spike, the high bat, and batting average. Um, I, I think he just might have put together a career year. And um, I project him closer to, to 265, 18, and 7 than repeating what he did last year. But again, I think the playing time is there, ultimately. Uh, first of all, I... Marwin Gonzalez seems like I thought he was like 50 years old before I looked into his stats. By the way, I feel what like he's is he, been 29? around. He's 28, yeah, but I feel like he's been around since like forever. Um, but yeah, I agree. And when you said uh, career year, I was going to say yeah, career year in bat at 343, much higher than what he's ever done in his major league career. So I think the batting average is going to come down a little bit. Uh, the power is going to come down a little bit. He's not much of a power hit. He has a really short swing. He's more of a contact. Uh, you know, place the ball over the field, single, double guy. So I have him projected for just uh, 18 home runs, seven steals, 285 average, which is still not terrible, but it's going to come with good uh, counting stats on this team. But another kind of like vanilla guy, him, Gorgeous, I'm staying away from them both. Yeah, this is kind of funny because I have the exact same homer steal projection (laughs) as you guys, except I'm 275 in terms of the batting average. So we all have identical projections in terms of power and speed. And we run the gamut from 285 to 265 in terms of batting average. <laughs> so he is exactly who 
we, we think he is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're not getting a wide wide array. All right, so let, let, let's let's just back up for a second. Do you guys like the ADP considering the eligibility and the production, or do you think he should be a little lower? Uh, at this point, it's not bad. I mean, but my personal preference at this point in the draft is not to take guys who are vanilla. I'm trying to take upside guys. Uh, I have Marmon a little bit later, so yeah, I'm kind of with Nick. Yeah, I have him, I have him a little further down, too. I, I'd say about maybe two rounds lower, which would put him right around uh, pick 140. Is, is, is that where you guys have him, or you have him lower than that? Uh, I would say I have him around. Let me pull it up. I have him around 155. Okay, so you're yeah, around. I'm like, yeah, I'm like in between you guys. Okay, so yeah. So again, we're we're simpatico on this guy. All right, so uh, Paul DeJong, the eleventh overall shortstop, NFBC one fifty three point seven one, Fantrax one forty four point five. The market seems lukewarm on DeJong. Are you optimistic? Are you more optimistic than the market that his 2017 breakout could be built upon? Okay. So this guy is interesting. Um, I actually like him. I, I really do. I think that the power is real. And to get 30 home runs out of your shortstop is huge. That's a huge plus for your squad. Um, the thing is, I look at him. And then I look at Troy Tulowitzki, and I kind of hate this ADP because I think that Tulo and him in a full year side-by-side side, can have absolutely identical stats. So that's my issue with Dijon uh, because he doesn't give you much in the steel department. Um, and I, the batting average should come down. He had a 349 Babbitt last year. I think he's more of going to be like a 265-ish type guy. But I, I, I do like the player, and I have him projected for 29 home runs and 265. It's going to come with so-so counting stats. But like I said, I just I like Tulo where he's going in the nether rounds uh, over this. Okay, we'll get to Tulo potentially. Um, as far as Dijon goes, uh, uh, we'll start with the good, right? His barreled balls are in the area of Carlos Correa, Joey Votto, George Springer, Jake Lamb, right? So all all a bunch of power guys that we expect to hit 30-plus home runs. Um, the bad is that he, he whiffed and chased a lot and doesn't walk at all. Uh, something worth mentioning, too, right? The Cardinals just moved um, Diaz. So this offseason oh, – they, they moved him this offseason, excuse me. So And there's no one really behind DeJong threatening his job. So he's got a lot of leash, and he's going to play. Um, I'm okay with drafting him here, but you have to know that this is just for pop and the batting average downside is real. And I, like I'm lower, I'm lower, I'm lower than you, Nick. I'm at 250, but I think it could be even lower than that. Well, 250 is not bad, but I mean, what do you think is batting average downside could be like 235 ish? Yeah. Yeah. Because there's a couple of problems. It's not just the K rate at 28%. He's got a fly ball heavy profile. It's 0.79 in terms of his ground ball fly ball. And he's got a 13.5% infield fly ball rate. So he's got indicator. He's got these negatives that indicate that the Babbitt from last year was high at 349. So, I mean, when I look 
at this guy, I, I think that he could hit for a good average or he could hit for the power he hit for last year. I just don't think he can do both. I think he's either going to be a 230 near 30 homers guy or he's going to be like a 270 20 homer guy. That's that's see either situation's not bad. So we're all okay with the ADP though, right? No. I yeah. actually I actually like it. I actually I like it as well. I would have him a, a, probably about two rounds lower. And there's guys on this list I would definitely take over him that are behind him. Okay. Okay. Uh, number 12, Angleton Simmons, NFBC 180.26, Fantrax 216.89. With three rounds of difference, the NFBC and Fantrax crowds differ quite a bit on Simmons. Which ADP more closely aligns with your expectations for Simmons? The NFBC one is higher. Um, do you think last year's breakout represents a new level? Uh, I'm going to let you guys take this first since you seem to both be on Angleton Simmons this year. Okay, before before we even talk about Simmons, I'd just like to mention something, right? Uh, if we don't count Elvis Andrus, pretty much since Segura on, we're talking about guys with huge question marks. So uh, I just want to raise this fact that shortstop were like, I think we're all kind of, well, I know Nick's doesn't really feel good about shortstop, but I think these mid mid players all have like similar question marks. They could all range from really poor to really good. Um, I, I just, I just don't know if overall I'm okay with a lot of these ADPs. I mean, I just mentioned I like Dijong, but a, a, a lot of these guys are going early, I think, because they're shortstop eligible and not because they're particularly good players or have outstanding upsides. Um, so, Pat, t- take Simmons. Okay. This is the second time Andrew Simmons has passed. Uh, listen, I, I do think what Simmons did last year m- might be his new normal. He's always been hyper-athletic based upon his defense. He altered his batted ball profile to increase fly balls. His hard contact was a career high. The power is not completely out of nowhere. He hit 17 home runs in Atlanta uh, a while back. And he has the look of a player that's figured out how to run. He was 10 for 11 on steals in 2016. And now he has a 19 steal season that followed up on that. I think I'm closer to the fan tracks ADP, but that has more to do with the fact that I don't see a really good path for him to get to the top of the lineup. Um, I have him projected for 14 homers, 18 steals and a 270 average. So nearly almost perfectly in line with what he did last year. Um, If he could find his way up to the top of the lineup, I think he could be extremely valuable. But based upon the way that lineup breaks down, it's going to take either multiple injuries or injuries and ineffectiveness from his teammates. Yeah, I mean, it looks like he's going to probably start either batting sixth or seventh. Um, So that's not really the best spot to be in, especially for a guy like uh, Simmons. Listen, I don't believe that he's a 14 or 15 plus home run hitter. I see him more as a 10 ish type home run hitter or less. Um, And I don't, believe in the speed, honestly. He just doesn't look that fast on the bags to me. I think he's more of a 15-ish guy. Um, so overall, the stats to me look a little vanilla, but if he does move up and get the at-bats, then yeah, 100%. I'm with you, Pat, that the upside is tremendous being in front of friggin' the whole... This lineup is insane. Um, but until he gets there, I'm just not buying. I like other guys. I think there's more upside out there. 
Yeah, I'm actually with Nick, too, on that stolen base thing. I think another thing worth mentioning, too, is that I think the Angels are really, really trying to compete this year. Not that they they weren't last year. I mean, they were in the mix for a while. But, uh, yeah, I think the fact that they're really trying to compete right from uh, from the from the jump, I don't think he's going to be closer to 18. I think he's closer to, like, 15, 14 stolen bases, that is. Okay, so we're all closer to the lower ADP, which is fan tracks, right? Yes. Correct. Okay. All right, let's move to 13th, Tim Anderson. NFPC 188.03, Fantrax 186. Do you think Anderson can find a way to get on base enough, either through better average or OBP, to take advantage of his speed? And which low walk rate, high K rate player do you believe in more, Tim Anderson or Paul DeJong? Mr. Anderson. Uh, well, I believe in Paul DeJong more. Um, Joe? Yeah, I believe in DeJong more too. Did you want to add more on Anderson or you want me to Yeah, go? yeah, yeah. So, all right, with Anderson. So the walk rate isn't just low. This is like bottom of the floor low. I, I can't actually think of anyone else who walks 2.1% of the time off the top of my head. Like that oh, is, there's a guy that we're going to talk about later that does. Yeah, it's that's 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 ridiculous. Um, and he had a 328 Babbitt, Babbitt with a 257 average. So uh, with, with Anderson – there are major red flags, I, and I think he's a guy where the average could go really, really, really low, like underneath the basement floor. I do believe in the power. I think he can be a 15-plus home run hitter again, and I do like the speed. I think he could actually steal 20-plus bags. It just hasn't been there on the White Sox in both years, 10 and 15 back-to-back, but he's really, really fast. I mean, you look at 2015 double-A, 49 steals in 125 games. I don't know if he could steal 40 bases, but I think he could – Definitely get to 30, and that's double his amount from last year. So I, I doubt a lot of people haven't projected for that. Uh, but I like Anderson this year for like 15 home runs, uh, 20 or so steals. But the average is a complete question mark, and his OBP is e- an even bigger question mark. Yeah, so this is actually a league construction thing for me. Um, I think Anderson's like a, a, a bet to go 260-15-15. I think that's his is the type of player he is. But um, I think in an OPS league, right, as you just mentioned, Nick, I'd rather have Simmons. In an average league, even though Simmons is more likely to hit for a higher average, I like the ADPs being closer because I think uh, their batting average will be closer than their than their OPS will ever be. So um, I think it's important, right, if you're in an OPS league to go after Simmons and – Batting average league, I think it, you can wait on Anderson. To me, I, I think Anderson is interesting because we know for a fact that he can run. Um, he's fast, as Nick said. He's got the track record in the minors, and he's run a bit up here, and he's run, I, I think, with a pretty good success rate. His career homer to fly ball rate is 13%, which indicates there's some pop in the bat as well. Um and he hasn't fully tapped into it. His launch angle is 8%, and that's below the league average of 11%. So last year he had 17 homers despite a below average launch angle. Now you could say, all right, well, that means the home runs are going to come down. But at the same time, it also means that he hasn't fully tapped into his ability, and you could be looking at a guy that could hit 20 homers in a year, as Nick said. Um, you don't want him completely swinging for the fences, but if he raises it a little bit, you might go from a 10 to 15 homer guy to 15 to 20. So it raises his ceiling. Um, 
to me, Anderson's a player to watch in spring training. If he starts hitting the ball in the air more as opposed to on the ground, um, you might be seeing a player that could go from, you know, 10 homers, 20 steals to a 2020 guy or better. Um, and as Joey said, is a great point. You know, in terms of average, he's going to be a, a guy that's going to probably hit somewhere between 255 and 275. Um, despite whatever K rate he has, because he's, he's fast, he can beat out infield singles. Um, so the Babbitt should be okay. He's not normally my type of player, but neither is DeJong. So when I look at these two players, I'm saying to myself, all right, well, do I want DeJong who's going to be, you know, a strict power guy and not help me anywhere else? Or do I want Anderson who could potentially give me non-zero power and plus speed? And probably a better betting average than DeShong. And to me, the answer is Anderson. Um, you know, and in OPS, yeah, I'll probably pass on Anderson. But, um, you know, there is some upside there, and it's kind of sneaky um, where it could go, you know, crazy in a scenario where it's like a 2025 guy and no one sees that coming or, or no, one, no one thinks that's coming. And I don't even think it's coming, but I think it is in there. I think that's important to to touch upon. Okay, let's move to 14, Orlando Arcia, NFBC 189.77, Fantrax 186.97. We saw some incremental growth from Arcia in his second season. Do you expect another step forward from him? So, all right, Arcia, another interesting guy. Um, for me, he really passes the eye test. He looks like he is going to crush more home runs just by looking at the guy. Um, but his stat cast, uh, stat cast tells a much different story. 85.77 exit below. That's, that's very, very low. Uh, 6.6%. I'm sorry. 6.68 average launch angle. That's also very, very, very low, but he still managed to hit 15 home runs. Um, if he could somehow find his way to the top of this lineup, which is a possibility, then he can be much, much, much more productive. And I think the upside is actually through the roof. Uh, last year in 155 games, 15 home runs, 14 stolen bases, 277 average. He's just 23 years old. This year, I have him projected for 17 home runs, 15 steals, 275 average. Very, very, very similar to last year. But that's all dependent on staying where he is right now in the lineup. If Yar finds himself struggling at all or – gets injured, which he has done multiple times in the past, and and Arcia could somehow work his way to leadoff, which I think he would be a really nice leadoff hitter. It's, forget about it. The Brewers lineup is great. He he's gonna score a bunch of runs, he's gonna get the handing stats, he's gonna be he's gonna get the at bats. Then the potential is very, very, very high. So I, I like the price on Arcia a lot and I like him over a lot of the guys we just spoke about. Yeah, so something I'm worried about is that he's always been an aggressive runner throughout his career, including the minors, but he's been okay at best in terms of efficiency. And the Brewers, again, are expecting to compete this year, so I'm a little worried that they might not let him run as fast and loose. But with that said, I think he's much faster than he's shown so far in his career, um, his major league career. He's definitely very fast. I'm on with Nick that I think he passes the eye test and I think he's much closer to, to 20 plus steals in him. And I think the, the fact that the, the MLB ball is juiced, I think that keeps his power in the mid to low teens. And I'm with you, Nick. I think I like Arcia the best out of the three we were talking about. 
Anderson, Simulton, or, uh, Simulton. No, Sim- Simmons and Arcia. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, yeah, I'm with you guys as far as Arcia over the other two. I, I do think that there's another level to this player. Um, he does need to change the launch angle to tap into the power, but I think it's there. I think we're looking at a guy that could hit 20 homers. Um, I did have in my notes, same thing that Joe said regarding the steals. The efficiency on the base pass is a little concerning, but again, I think he's got the speed, so I'm willing to um, bet on 15 and hope for more. Um, and yeah, he he does have the potential to move up in the lineup based upon whatever goes on with VR or an injury. Um, so he's got a good deal of upside, but I think even if he doesn't cash in fully on that upside and just makes another incremental step this year. He could be a guy that goes something along the lines of 270, 17, 20 in terms of power and speed. And that's a really nice player at a cost of something around a 15th round pick in 12-team standard leagues. All right, let's move to Jorge Polanco, 15th at the position. NFBC 198.69, Fantrax 244.65. Was his second half breakout for real or just a hot streak? And Nick, I'm going to let Joe go first on this one because I know he's excited about Jorge Polanco. Yeah, right. So Polanco has all the makings of potentially being the breakout candidate. And he reminds me a lot of Jose Ramirez. I don't think he hits as well as Jose Ramirez. So... Nick, don't kill me, but um, the the changes he he definitely made changes in the second half, right? He uh, he stopped chasing pitches outside of the zone, which helped him nearly everywhere across the board. Um, coupled with that, he made strong contact, um, and I think he's a good uh, bet to sit in the two sixty five to two eighty range, um, depending on his batted ball luck. He's a near lock to steal fifteen stolen bases, and his uh, his his average. Uh, his average launch launch angle last year was sixteen point three, right? So that's uh that's in pretty good territory as Nick would Nick would say. So I think he's got some some home run upside. <clears throat> and we're talking about a fifteen fifteen type player with twenty home run upside, I think. Um I think here at two hundred or two forty four for fan tracks, you're talking about an absolute steal. Uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm kind of like lukewarm on him. Um, I don't think the speed is really there. Joe, what did you have, what you have a speed projected for? 15, 57. So yeah, yeah I, I think he's more like, uh, under 10 stolen, like hovers around 10, like a Justin Upton ish type of I'm guy with where Nick on that. I have he'll, him he'll be around. Yeah. He'll be around 10 and the power is interesting because he is a big kid. Um, you know he, he's he's got a good build, but and you know I don't I don't rely on exit velo and launch angle. It's just something that you look at and put together with other things. But <laughs> when the exit velo is eighty four point nine seven, that's tough. That is like really 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 low. Um. So I, as far as the power upside, I don't think he could really reach my the thing. My, all right. So my main issue with him is a ceiling, and the ceiling that I see for him is like. 15 home runs, 15 steals, 270. And that's like best case scenario. What I have it projected for is like 10 home runs, 10 steals, 265. Nothing special at all. All right. Well, I've got a different projection than both of you. I have him at 
20 homers, 10 steals, and a 265 average. Um, and I think that a lot of this comes down to the second half. Um, he started hitting his fly balls with more authority, 35% hard contact uh, compared to the first half when he was in the mid-20s. I do worry that the batting average might suffer despite a healthy K rate, uh, which is only 14%, because of the fly, fly ball profile. Um, he has 42% fly balls for the season last year. Uh, he had a 313 BABIP in the second half despite having a fly ball increase. Um, I would put that BABIP closer to 300, and, and I think that puts him in, in that 2010, 265 type range, which is extremely useful and very good at this point in the draft. Um, I would rather have Polanco over the last three because I think he's made the change in terms of launch angle that they haven't made yet. Um, and I think that's going to allow him to more consistently tap into his power. Um, I'm assuming, Nick, you have Polanco below the last three guys that we talked about, Arcia, Anderson, and no, uh, I, Simmons. I, uh, him and Anderson is kind of close, but I definitely have Arcia over all those guys. And I probably take Simmons over Polanco just because it's better, better lineup, okay. better spot in the lineup. Yeah, Polanco is right after DeJong for me, so before all, everyone else. Okay. All right, Marcus Simeon, 16th at the position. 229.06 on NFBC, 246.63 on fan tracks. Is Simeon boring and appropriately priced, or is there still upside here and he's underpriced? I, I just want to unplug my mic right now and sit this one out. I'm, I'm going to let you guys gush over him. Go ahead. Pat, you take this one. He's the best. <laughs> here we go. This is one of my favorite values. He was on my all-sleeper team. 85 games last year, 10 homers, 12 steals, which is extremely close to a 2020 pace um, with also what was a 90-plus run pace. Simeon is an extremely good base runner. He was 12 of 13 last year, and over the last two years combined, 22 of 25. Run more, Marcus, please. You're really good at it. <laughs> Unlike the others above, Simeon has tapped into his power potential. Uh, he can take a walk at 9% walk rate and is ticketed for a spot at the top of his team's lineup. Of his 85 games, he spent 80 hitting either first or second for the A's. There is reason to suspect that he could score at an even higher pace this year with Biscotti in town, plus a full season of Matt Olson. I love Simeon. This is hands down my favorite value at the position. Yeah, so these two, these last two players, Polanco and Simeon, are the two guys I'm I'm actually targeting if I miss out on the top six, right? All those other guys in, in the middle, um, like I mentioned before, all have some sorts of flaws. <coughs> these two included, right? But I'm with Pat, and just to just to add on to that speed, his sprint sprint speed scores are with Lindor, Jose Ramirez, and Charlie Blackman, all players that I think we'd all agree on. We'd categorize categorizes fast. So Simeon has true 2020 potential at this price. Yeah. Well, there's not really much to add. I I, I, I just am a little salty on Simeon because you guys are always juicing him up so much. Um, but yeah, no, listen, the value is good here. Uh, last year, if you pace it out, it's a nice season. If you look at 2016 and a full season, 27-10, the batting average is up and down. Pat, what do you project his batting average this year? Uh, 
All right, and that's definitely more than livable if he hits 20 and steals close to 20. So uh, I have him projected for 24 home runs, 10 steals, 245, which is also very good at this point. Um, but I don't know. I, I just I, – the, the batting average does have a real downside. That's my only issue with him. Okay, let's move to Ahmed Rosario, 17th of the position. NFBC 229.14. Fan tracks 234.42 in terms of ADP. Top prospect underwhelmed in his debut, but he did pop four homers and steal seven bases in 170 plate appearances. That's a full season pace of about 14 homers and 24 steals. Are you intrigued by the power speed production enough to buy? Where would you place his 2018 upside? Yeah, so this is an interesting pick because he has such a good shot to get to the top of the lineup and stay there uh, if he produces. Um, if he bats leadoff, which he definitely can do on this team, um, the value goes way up. Uh, looking at the player, that walk rate is what's really, really scary, 1.8%, but that's obviously going to come up. Uh, I, I haven't projected more for like a 5% in the 5% area, and I think the K rate's going to come down too. We haven't seen him strike out this much really ever in his entire minor league career. So I, I think he's going to make more contact, get on base more. The batting average will go up, um, and that'll thus increase the uh, stolen breaks production as well. I have him projected in a full season for 13 home runs, 24 steals, and a 265 average. That's really good at this point. Um, so I am definitely on board with the player, and I like him a lot better than a lot of the guys we just spoke about. And I'm taking him over a lot of guys. Yeah, so Rosario reminds me a lot of Arcio. Um, from two years ago. They both struggled out of the gate and looked overwhelmed um, despite being up so early in their careers. I think Rosario is too good of a prospect to struggle this this badly. And like what Nick said, I think he'll improve the, the strikeout and walk rates to be in line with his uh, minor league track record. I think he's a really safe bet for 260, 10, and 20. And I think there's a little bit of upside. Yeah, uh, Joe, you nailed it. I have Arcia right here in my notes, and I think that that's his best case um, for this year is Arcia's 2017 yep. with a little less power and a little more speed, um, you know, like a 265, 270, 10 homer, low 20 steals. And, and Nick, you nailed. I think you nailed it in terms of the walk rate and in the K rate. The K rate's going to come down based upon his minor league profile. He'll get a little better there. He's got a long way to go in terms of the amount of contact he makes. But I think he's going to get it to the point where he can be useful. And I think the walk rate will come up to about 5 or 6%. Pat, um, as, as, the, as the Met fan, does he make his way to the top of the lineup, which is obviously – No, because he doesn't get on base enough. Okay. <clears throat> I just don't think he does. I think that they're going to want somebody at the top of that lineup that can – that they're certain will get on base at a – 330, 340 clip. And I don't think that they see Rosario as that yet. Okay. Okay. Would you rather bet on Rosario or Jose Peraza, who we discussed during the second base pod, but also has shortstop eligibility as a source for steals? Uh, Peraza. Solely steals, it's Peraza, but players overall, I like Rosario. Nick, what do you think about overall? Uh, Peraza. Yeah, I'm Peraza for both as well. And I think because Peraza – I expect average. Peraza to improve on last year. I just think he's further along in the growth curve. Okay, okay. 18th, Chris Owens. 
NFBC 232.8, Fantrax 245.45. He's got second base and outfield eligibility as well. Owings has been good when he's healthy. Combined the last two years, his 600 plate appearance pace, he's about 12 homers, 23 steals. It's a good player. Do you think he gets every day at bats? And do you like him as an endgame utility knife? Or are you looking for a healthier version of that type of player? I love Chris Owings. I just love this player. I'm just waiting for him to get the one full season under his belt where he breaks out. Cause I think it's going to come. And it's just a matter of staying healthy, staying on the field. But um, yeah, I, listen, he's a really good contact hitter. I liked him for a very, very, very long time. I thought the power would come. And last year, it, it, it paced out for 15 plus. And the steals paced out for 15 plus with a nice, with a decent average. Um, but in, in a full season, let's. I'm going to give him 150 games, and I have him at like the seventh spot in this lineup right now. Uh, having said all that, I have him projected there for 13 home runs, 17 steals, and a 275 average. So at this point, I like the ADP. Uh, the upside is this: if he comes out of the gate and is just killing it, the top of this lineup could be had. Pollock obviously has injury history. David Peralta is hot and cold. I think he, I think Peralta is more safe to stay in that spot, but he's hot and cold. Uh, Jake Lamb also hot and cold. So if he could make his way up to the top, the the value could go through the roof. And he's still young, and I I just I just love this kid. Okay, uh, what about Jury and Marte though? Can tell Marte, right? He's got he's got a he's he's got to have a job first. For sure. What do you mean? I mean, Brandon Drury might start. No? Yeah, Brandon Drury's going to play second. Okay, yeah. and then, and then Marte's Marte going to play short. short. Yeah, so? And where's Owens playing? Always in the outfield. Job. In the outfield. Just Manny Tomas. So, uh, so, uh, all right, all right, right. so I, <laughs> I'm actually on board with you, Nick. If if he gets the playing time, I actually think he has like close to twenty home run potential. He uh he made a concerted effort to pull the ball more, leading to that spike in home run rate um before he got hurt, and he gets to take advantage of his home ballpark. Um, but he's got a he's got an injury history. We don't know where he's playing. I do think it's worth a flyer here, um, because you could get one of those bats that really flourish, and you get a lot of you get a lot of uh. You get a lot of home runs and stolen bases here on the cheap. Um, and if worst comes to worst, you just drop him. I mean, at two two forty five, it's not costing you too much. Um, but I think there are serious playing time concerns. And uh, all right, b- before we move on, yeah, my point with him was if he does get the playing time. So my question to both of you is, let's just say he gets the playing time. Let's just say he gets 550 at-bats. What do, do you we, think? Do the, we like him? Do, what do you think the home run stolen base totals could be? Uh, I have him at it with full playing time at 14 home runs, 15. But I think there's upside for even more home runs. I have him with that sort of workload. I think I have him at 13 homers, 21 steals. But I'm not optimistic he gets that sort of playing time because not only is he sort of in a log jam, but he's also a player that has a significant injury history. So it, it's sort of a double-edged sword where, 
okay, he he's going to have to earn his way into the lineup, and then he's got to stay healthy as well. So I, I don't mind him here, and I like multiple positions. I, li- I like the versatility, but I, I just don't think that he's going to put forth the kind of playing time total that's going to allow him to cash in on his upside. Okay, let's move to Zach Kozart, 19th at the position. NFPC, 237. Fantrax, 206.5. He's going to add third base eligibility during during the season, most likely. Despite last year's breakout, owners seem down on Kozart in Anaheim. Do you think the caution is warranted, or is this a value opportunity? Uh, Joe, I'm going to let you take this. I believe you were a Kozart guy, correct? I I I owned him last year, and I was before I called myself stupid for taking him over Ian Kinzer. So, uh, Pat, you asked the question before about Simeon being boring, and I think that applies to Kozar here. He made some changes for sure. He cut the chase rate. He put his fly balls in the air more, or he, he pulled his fly balls more, excuse me, and he continued to make elite contact. Um, but I think last year was probably his absolute best upside. He's a solid but unspectacular player um, with low 20s pop and a few steals. Um, and I think he's someone who you can ride with um, if you have a solid team all around. But I don't think he's someone that will break out and win you a championship. Well, so here's the thing with Kozart. He has the OBP. So if for some reason something happens to Kinsler, let's just say, who do you think gets the first crack at that spot? Simmons, who's more of a 330 OBP guy, or Kozart, who's more of like a 345-plus OBP do guy? Do I really have to try to put myself into the mind of Mike Sosha? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you were a That's gambling, a dangerous who, place. Who would you bet on? Swerve, Cole Calhoun. Cole Calhoun, <laughs> CJ Krohn. Um, I, I, I see your point, but... Again, because it's Mike Sosha, I wouldn't be shocked if he goes with Simmons because Simmons has, you know, a little more speed. Okay. Who knows? Otani might friggin' lead off. <laughs> no, that's not gonna happen. <laughs> Otani's gonna lead off. He's the best. I'm kidding. <laughs> All right. Uh, listen, with Kozart, the negatives are pretty clear. He seems ticketed for a bottom third role. The ballpark's a downgrade, and his health is questionable. Um. I do think the changes that he made were mostly legitimate. I have him as a high teens power guy with a 280-ish average and with pretty good OBP. Um, I think he's a really nice bench piece. Um, I wouldn't want him as my starter. So if I'm punting the position, I'm going to spend up on a guy like Simeon as opposed to taking Cozart here. Um, But I, I don't mind him at all as a guy that I put on my bench if I've got a riskier option at shortstop. Okay, so 20th, Addison Russell, NFBC 248.31, Fantrax 242.65. Coming off a disappointing and injury-shortened season, the market does not think that the Addison Russell Russell breakout is coming. Is now the time to buy back in on the soon-to-be 24-year-old, or have you seen enough in 1,500 big league plate appearances to say it's not going to happen. Yeah, I think it's a time to buy in. Uh, I, I finally like the ADP on Russell, and I think we could see an improvement across the board with this guy. Um, he's another guy that, he, for me, he passes the eye test. 
Um, it's just a matter of time. When is he going to put it all together? And this may be the year, especially on a Cubs team where the lineup is kind of up in the air. That leadoff spot is to be had. Um, I don't know if Al Moore is going to be there. I don't know if Schwarber is going to be there. But both of those guys have question marks. And Russell, if he gets off to a good start, could find himself there. And he's a guy who does have pretty good power. He does have middling speed. We haven't seen it yet in the majors, but he was a 20 stolen base guy in the minors in, in shortened seasons. So I kind of like the upside here. It's post-hype sleeper, and at this point, you're not really risking much. If he if he does play a full season, I, I think he's still safe to get like 20 home runs and steal you five bags with not such a terrible average. I think it's going to come up from you know where it was last year in the 240-ish range. I think he's more of a between 255 and 275 type hitter. So I kind of like the buy low right now and Russell a lot. Yeah, I think he's like a 250-255 hitter. I'm with you on that, Nick. I think the big thing here is that he's got to make an adjustment to get close to that like 30 home run potential, which I think everyone is like sort of holding out for and we kind of hope he can break out to. He's got to pull his, his fly balls more and he's got to hit him harder before he can get close to that. I mean, I'm with you. I think at this price, it's it's pretty much zero cost, even if he doesn't make any adjustments. Um, so, so yeah, I, I think this is a perfectly reasonable price. I, I think we all like this guy as a prospect. So, I mean, I, I still see him at this point as a player with the kind of upside to hit 280 with – you know, 25 homer power. Yeah. Um, but he's he's got some issues that need to be straightened out. Last year, he had plantar fasciitis. Um, I always get nervous with that. It's the worst. Because it's a lingering injury, and it tends to reoccur, so it's something to keep an eye on. And I'm especially concerned because he's a shortstop. So, I mean, if it starts to become an issue where it props up again, and his bat hasn't been good. It's it's a real easy path for them to take him out of the lineup, put Baez at short, and put Ian Happ at second, and say, "All right, you're we're done with you, Russell." Um, on the plus side, he's got a fairly solid batted ball profile on its face. He had a career high hard contact rate, career high line drive rate. Uh, a solid distribution between grounders and flies, but he's got that pulled grounder opposite field fly ball profile that it just tends to lead to bad babips as we've spoken about before. Um, but on the plus side, after he came back from injury late in the year, his hard contact rate shot the 40 plus percent. And Joe, you mentioned hitting the fly balls harder during that stretch. He hit, Fly balls hard 42.9% of the time. It's very good. So there is a possibility that maybe he got healthy and the light went on in September, or maybe he just ran into bad September pitching. It, it, both are possible. But at this point, again, zero cost, um, still has big time upside. I'm, I'm in at this price, but I don't think I would reach much higher than this. I, I kind of – I kind of I kind of love Addison Russell. I'm going to be honest. Okay, so I have a question for you both, right? Um, I think in general, um, we use ADPs from sort of like 12 team mixed leagues. That's that's kind of our our target range. So if you're punting the position, 
though you have to like the back end shortstop options here, but there's like a lot of upside here. Oh, without with a very doubt. little cost. Look, you you put put Addison Russell right now next to Didi Gregorius. Give me a projection on both of them in a full year, and you can't tell me that Didi's that much better. No, you're probably talking about 20 to 30 points in batting average is the difference. That's it. And maybe some counting numbers. Yeah, Yeah, 20 to 30 30 in batting average in 150 picks later. And uh, I don't know. I I just think Russell has way more upside in Didi at this point. Oh, I totally uh, agree. I I think that he does have more theoretical upside. It's just – he hasn't tapped into it yet, and you don't know if he's going to. This is a, this is just a position that you either get one of the top guys or you punt it and you punt it. Don't go don't go somewhere in between and try and scoop up one of these guys just to take them. Oh, this next guy though. Let's roll. Yeah. All right, I'm I'm in too. Twenty uh, first, Tim Beckham, NFBC two seventy three point six seven, Fantrax two eighty three point four seven. He's also got second base in leagues where you would get that eligibility for 17 games started. Beckham enjoyed a breakout 2017, but the market is skeptical. Do you think he could repeat or exceed 2017 in a much friendlier home park in Baltimore? Oh, boy. So I think he could really, really exceed and I am like all over this kid. If you punted the position, this is the guy that you want to target at the end of the draft. Well, when you when you said that, this was in my mind. I was like, man, Russell, okay. And then I was like, but then I Beckham. turned the page and I saw Beckham and I was like, <laughs> yeah, that's the guy I want. <laughs> well, I mean, the, the main reason is he's probably going to be the leadoff hitter for this lineup, which is yeah. a really sexy lineup. Mm-hmm. Um, what? <laughs> what is that noise? I went, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I mean, listen, to be in front of Machado, Scoop, Adam Jones, Trey Mancini, oh, uh, Chris D- Scope, sorry, uh, Chris Davis, Mark Trumbo. I mean, the runs could come in uh, in an astronomical number. Um, he doesn't get on base as much as you like from a guy who will probably be the leadoff hitter, and he strikes out a lot for a guy who will probably be the leadoff, leadoff hitter. But putting all that aside, just forget it. I believe in the power. The power is there. He's going to hit I, – I think he's going to hit 20-plus home runs, especially if he gets the at-bats. And we haven't seen the speed. Last year, you call it a breakout. I don't think last year was close to what he could do. I see him more as a guy who could hit 25 home runs and steal close to 15 or maybe even more bases. Um, and that's going to come with a healthy average. I, I, at, I think the 278 might be a little high for where he is going to be. I see him more as a two – between 245 and 260 somewhere. Um, but the potential, like I said, being in the leadoff spot is his bread and butter this year. I'm all over this guy. Okay, let me just jump in here. And Nick, I'm gonna I'm gonna point some things out that you, maybe you weren't aware of. But when he when traded to Baltimore, he actually made some really interesting improvements. His contact percentage went up six percent. His swing strike rate went down three percent. He chased less. That was chase rate was down five percent. And his K rate, of course, in accordance with those things, dropped 7%. So suddenly the K rate went from the danger zone to 
not ideal, but you can live with it if you're a plus BABIP guy, which I think he is. Um, that raises his floor significantly and increases his upside. I think he could be a 260, 270 type hitter with 25 homers and 10 plus steals. As you said, hitting at the top of a very good lineup. So I'm completely on board. I have one more thing to add. I had it in my notes and I didn't mention it. The uh, One more thing is this. The Orioles, you have to completely believe in this uh, hit the, the the coaching on this team as far as hitters go. You look at what they did with Machado, who's ex- who's excelled. Scope, who has completely excelled. Adam Jones, who's maintained at, at, at his age. Trey Mancini, Chris Davis from the Rangers. All these guys have completely excelled after joining the Orioles. So believe in the coaching staff as well. And not only that, but a lot of those guys are the same type of player as Beckham is, which is free swinging, doesn't take a lot of walks, is aggressive. And that approach has worked for guys in Baltimore. Um, You know, all you have to do is go back and look at scope. Uh, He's pretty much the same thing as Beckham is, except he strikes out a little bit less at this point. But the profile is, there are definitely similarities there. Nick, let me ask you a question. Since you liked Paul DeJong, would you rather have DeJong where he's going or Beckham, Beckham where he's going? No, no. It's it's actually Beckham in a vacuum. I'm thinking Beckham over DeJong. Agreed. Yeah. I'm t- Beckham is like what's, – what's the NFBC you have on him, ADP? 273. He's 273 on NFBC, 283 on Fantrax. All right. So just for everyone out there real quick, when I do my rankings, I do not look at ADPs to compare. I have this guy ranked – 150 overall. I'm taking him early. You have him higher than I do, but maybe by two rounds. It's a lot. Joe, Joe, give us something. Oh, I'm not as high as you guys, uh, but he is uh, definitely before Didi Gregorius. um, But after DeJong. Okay. Joe. Guess what? I have Elvis Andrus over him. I'm you are you are, you are now the Elvis Andrus guy and the <laughs> anti Tim Beckham guy. Congratulations! <laughs> I love Elvis Andrus. Okay, twenty second, Glaber Torres, NFBC two eighty nine point four three, fan tracks two seventy five point six eight. Torres was knocking on the big league door last year when his season was cut short due to Tom and John. The Yanks could play Torres at second base or third base, depending on the remainder of the offseason. When does the top prospect get the call, and do you think he's good out of the gate? All right. So this is this guy is really, really interesting because Yankee fans are, like, obsessed with him. And all I ever hear from them is uh, Glibator is this, Glibator is that. I don't see him being this, like, messiah that's going to come up from the minors and just absolutely destroy in the bigs. Um, the numbers really don't impress me that much. I don't really see the power that much. I think he's going to be more of like a uh, high average hitter where uh, Fangrass has him projected for just uh, 247 this year. I think he's going to be close to like the, to the 275 range. It's going to come with steals. It's going to come with some pop. I just don't see the the big upside in this guy. And it's going to be really hard for him to get in the top like seven in this lineup. Uh, Gardner is not going anywhere. Even if he struggles, the Yankees will not move Gardner from that spot. 
And if you look at one through, let's say, seven. So let's say Gregorius is six after the guys we all know about. Hicks is staying at seven, too. Hicks is not moving down that lineup. You have Torres and Gleiber uh, at eight and nine. And I, I don't think there's much wiggle room for him to move up the lineup. So I don't think he gets the at-bats. And I don't think there's going to be much counting stats, uh, nor home runs or stolen bases. Yeah, so yeah, this uh, is... Oh. oh, okay. Joey, if you don't mind, I, I would like to sure, go first sure, here. Take it. Okay, so Torres has to tear the cover off the ball in the spring. I, I think he's going to start the season in the minors. He only had 54 games above A ball. In a brief AAA sample, he struck out 27% of the time. Um, and the Yanks were obviously very successful last year. They reached the ALCS, and now they've added Stanton. It's not like they need this guy to come up, um, you know, right away to help them. So I, I think we see him sometime in June. Um, based on the pedigree and profile, I think he's going to be pretty good to start with. But as Nick said, I, it's he's going to start at the very end of the lineup. And although it's a good lineup, I, I don't know that the plate appearances are going to be there on a daily basis uh, for him to contribute in counting stats. Uh, as far as pace goes, I see him as like a 270, 2010 type, as opposed to, you know, any kind of crazy pace. So I, I think he's interesting, and, and I definitely like him in dynasty formats and, you know, keeper formats where you're, you're, you're keeping a large number of players. But I don't I, – I, I think there are guys on the board I want more. And, and the last thing is we really don't know how to gauge Tommy John for a hitter. Uh, Miguel Sano. Oh, true. Yeah, so uh, I, I'm with Pat, what Pat said and what you said, right? Did, and this has to be Yankee inflation here, right? Um, so first of all, he needs to get back into game action. I know spring training, he'll be there, he'll get some games in, but we all know spring training isn't the same as, as live MLB action. Right? That's, that's first of all. Second, um, he's had serious K-rate jumps uh, every time he's jumped a level in the minors. So I don't know if he's going to be that good right out of the gate. Um, couple couple that with uh, uh, his his play discipline in general is going to be good, but he's he's so young and like Pat said, he spent so little seasoning in the minors so far. I'm just out for 2018. I think he's going to be good in the future, but just not not here, not yet. Um, so let's 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 move on to Jose Reyes at 23, NFBC of 302, Fantrax of 332, uh, with second base and third base eligibility. He's currently unsigned, but if Reyes can snare a near everyday role, could we see a repeat of last year's 15 home runs and 24 stolen bases? And do you prefer him or Chris Owings 70 to 90 picks higher? Yeah, I would I would take the chance on on Reyes for sure. Both similar players where, you know, injuries have really put a muck on their careers, but I mean, when you look at Reyes in the last like 4 years. So let's ju- let's just go back to 2013 and you pace out his stats from then to now. He's been product- productive every single year. Every single year since then, he's been fine. So if he plays, he's going to produce. Um, if he gets, let's just say 550 at bats. And I imagine that wherever he does sign, he will get that, uh, because he does get on base. He walks, he's a good contact hitter. He does have pop, does have speed. He has it all. Um, I like him to repeat or come close to it. 
So I'm completely on board with this ADP. And if this is another guy, if you punted the position, go get him. It does. It is hard for a guy that's 34 years old to play the position, um, but it's still not that old for a hitter. So maybe he slides into DH a little bit. Who knows? He's not a prototypical DH type of hitter. But if he gets the at-bats, he's going to produce. That's the bottom line. Yeah, I, I generally agree with you. I am a little concerned about the plate appearance plate appearances or playing time in general but over the last eight over his last 800 plate appearances with this juice ball he's been this type of guy stealing 20 yeah. ish and popping 15 or so home runs so i'm with you i think if if we can guarantee that he gets the playing time i like it um but i'm i'm just not totally sold that he gets it yeah i'm not optimistic that he gets the playing time either um i i'm not sure that if he comes back to the mets that they have an everyday role for him. I don't know who is going to sign him and play him. He might not be a bad investment for a lower-end team uh, to trot out for the first half of the year and then trade to a team that maybe wants some bench depth. If he can get the playing time, yeah, I think he can be a player that's going to pop somewhere near 15 homers and steal over 20 bases. I don't expect the average to be anything special special at this point because he's got um, – infield fly issues. He shifted to a fly ball heavy profile probably to tap into his power because his speed can no longer carry the day. Um, but, you know, there's nothing wrong with a guy that's going to hit 245, 250 and go 15, 25. Um, and if he can do that, that would be, you know, fantastic at this point. It's just, I don't think the playing time is going to be there for him to do that. Okay, let's move to Estrubal Cabrera, 24th at the position. NFBC, 309.83. Fantrax ADP, 300.03. He's got second base and third base as well. Still with the Mets, and he's going to be the presumed starter at either second or third, depending on their other moves. Do you think we're going to see the usefulness we saw in 2016 once he settles at a position? Or is 15 homers, 5 steals about what you can expect from him? Uh, you know, I think there's a little bit of upside. Um, Cabrera's kind of always been the same guy since the day he came out, which is just completely mediocre. He's been a waiver wire flyer. He's been, you know, just a guy that's in and out of your lineups. But he's kind of like he, – he's kind of been productive. I mean, 2016 was a good year. 2011 was a good year. Uh, last year was a shortened season. But if he sticks in the number two spot, which he should – and he's going to be in front of Cespedes, Bruce, and Gonzalez. It's really not a terrible place to be. I, I haven't projected for 19 home runs, five steals, and a 280 average. Um, I'm sorry, uh, 265 average, which it, it's boring and it's vanilla. But if you punted the position and that's what you end up with, it's not that bad. Yeah, this is just a zero upside pick here. Yeah. I, I just. It's it would like suck to have Cabrera as your yeah. starting shortstop. Well, is it really a zero upside pick? I mean, can he go twenty homers, two seventy again? Yeah, he could, but that's his. But that's the upside. Uh, yeah, but that's. I don't think that that's fair to call that zero upside. I mean, we're talking about we were talking about Addison Russell earlier today, and we were like, oh well, you know, twenty homers, five steals, two sixty five. And now we have a guy that can basically do that. And yeah, we're but, saying it's zero upside. 
that's much different. And I think yeah, Joe, but Addison Tony, Russell could be really yeah, good. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, I mean, of course, and I, and I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to make it sound like I don't think that Russell has upside beyond that. It's just, I, I, I think that we're downplaying a, a little bit what two seventy and twenty homers is at shortstop, especially when there are a lot of guys that we've talked about tonight that could be. 10-10 wins and 245. <laughs> you know, like so I, I I think he's got I think he's got a I'll put it this way. I think he's got a pretty decent floor. Um I don't want him as a starter. I don't think he's a bad bench piece considering the fact that he's got uh, pretty good eligibility across the board and a safe floor. Um I I I definitely prefer him as a utility type, but I, I do think that there is some value in a potential 270-20 homer season. All right, let's move to Brandon Crawford, 25. Uh, 325.86 on NFPC, 315.15 on Fantrax. Like everyone else in the Bay Area, Crawford had a down 2017 and is now two years removed from his 2015 breakout. Is Crawford a better bet to return to 20 homers than as Drupal Cabrera? No, I think I think Cabrera has a better shot to get the 20 home runs. I agree. Um, yeah, uh, because sweep. sweep. Yeah, because Crawford's only done it once. Um, he's 31 years old, and yeah, there were really nice additions to this lineup, and the counting stats may get better, but he's just. As far as boring and kind of like knowing his upside, I think we definitely know it with Crawford. I don't think he's a guy that could really hit over 22 home runs, and he definitely can't get up there in batting average. We've never seen him bat over like 250 in a, 255 in a season, um, whereas with Cabrera, you know, he has the potential to hit 275 and score a, score a bunch of runs in the two spot. Uh, Crawford is a guy where he gets super, super cold, Corey Dickerson cold. And if he does, you've got Brandon Belt on the lineup. You've got Hunter Pence on the lineup. Um, I don't know. I just – I think that he belongs uh, on waivers. I don't think he's worth any draft pick anywhere. Even yeah. if Do you guys waiver. agree with me that this is a player who you look at and you think that he should be better than he is? Like does he, does he pass the eye test? But One fail? million percent. Okay, good. Because – I've watched him play, you know, for, for for years, and every single time I see him come up to bat, I, I feel like the contact that he makes is outstanding, mm-hmm. and, and it's it's reflected in the data as well. It's just his ballpark is just terrible. Like yeah. I, I like I mean I could very easily see him be much like I just said with Cabrera's best case, like a two an annual two seventy five guy with twenty homers in a different situation. But he's a lefty in, in AT&T, so he's, you know, 12 well, to 15 homers and 250. And it's not only that, but like I said before, he's he gets Corey Dickerson cold. And, you know, last year, if you just look at June and July and combine those, he batted 200. And then if you look at uh, basically the whole first half of last year, he batted 225. And year after year, he does this. He goes through really bad cold streaks. So sometimes he looks good. Sometimes he's like he looks really bad. It's like Todd Frazier and Carlos Gomez, same syndrome. Yeah, so let me ask you a question. Um, we're about to jump into uh, our three extra players outside of uh, the top 25. And can you see yourself 
taking Crawford over any of the three guys no. we might potentially like mention. Like I said, he's not worth a draft pick, and, and even in deeper leagues, he's just not worth a draft pick. Uh, yeah. Uh, I mean, that's all relative. It depends on what kind of format you're talking about. I mean, at some point, he does have value because yeah, I mean, like if we're he's going to play every day. Well, yeah. Sure. Yeah. But a 12-team 12, 12 mixed league, yeah, he can't no. be owned. No, absolutely not. Not unless... Well, maybe as like the last MI guy off the board just because he's going to get the at-bats. Sure. But that's the one caveat I'll say. Okay. All right, so let's do our three guys outside the top 25. Uh, Joe, you want to kick us off? Sure. So I'm going to start off with uh, your boy, both of your boy, Tulo. Uh, he's oh, got, he's got, I thought you were going to go with uh, your boy in Atlanta. Yeah, well, go ahead. All right, go ahead. All right, so we got we got two low uh, 379 NFBC, 376 Fantrax. Um, so I actually don't like him. Oh, I wow. think I have no interest in Tulo. I know wow. this is like, this is rock bottom, deep, deep, deep. But no. he's at best a 20 home run bat. No, with no deals, no, a two fifty average, no, and that's if he's healthy, right? Like, which is no guarantee. I, I, I just hate Tulo. I'm the Tulo hater. Wow. I think there's nothing left. Pat, step up. I'll, I'll follow you. All right. First off, thirty three is older, but it's not ancient, and I say this as a thirty two year old man. <laughs> <laughs> Last year, I'm just going to chalk it up as a loss season. I mean, 60 games, he's obviously banged up, soft contact way up, hard contact down, ground ball, fly ball was way up towards the ground ball side. Um, but let's go back to 2016. After getting off to a slow start due to injury, which, again, is par for the course when it comes to Tulu. But when he came back, he hit 280, 800-plus OPS, and hit near a 30 homer pace. Mm-hmm. And I think that presents his upside. In the ideal case is you get 140 games of 280, 30 homer pace. Do I think it's going to happen? No. But you're talking about a pick near 400, and he's going after Freddie Galvis, Brandon Crawford, mm. as Drupal Cabrera, and Jose Reyes, who doesn't have a job, and Gleyber Torres, who may not see the majors this year. So in a redraft format, it is not the worst pick in the world. And he still does have some theoretical upside. Yes. He can still <laughs> and it's and it's Toronto on top yes. of this. So go ahead, Nick. Back me up. No, no, you literally took all the words right out of my mouth. All right, so let's just go back to 2016. 2016, that was the year before last. 131 games, 24 home runs, 254 average. Let's say he plays a whole season and he gets 27 home runs. All right, whatever. Let's 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 forget that for a second, okay? I mean, that's definitely not happening. What's not happening? Him playing so, a full season. Yeah, okay, <laughs> all, right, all right, fine. fine, fine, fine. It's been all since right. 2011. Fine. Let's say he doesn't play a full season. Let's, let's say he puts in 130 games. You don't think that he's worth this ADP, Joe? Uh, and if I you think, don't, and if you don't, and if you don't, wait, real quick. Actually, if, go ahead. Okay. 
I mean, he's going after Estrubel, right? But I think he's at best something like Estrubel Cabrera at this point. Okay. So we're gonna I'm gonna bring up Paul DeJong for the last time tonight, right? In a vacuum. No, no, no. I'm sorry, not a vacuum. <clears throat> ADP wise, would you rather have Paul DeJong, where he's going at 115 ish? Yeah. I think it was, or Tulo, who's not even on the board. Yeah, Paul DeJong. Okay. Well, I would definitely rather have Tulo because number one, he has better, more upside in batting average. Number two, the home run upside, I think he's exactly the same. How about those apples? The okay. problem is the problem. All right. And you I can take your apples. zero. You're delicious. You can take your zero when he plays. 40 games, and I'll take my 30 home runs. With well, no, time. because it's not zero. It's whoever you replace them with. We won't yeah. be great, but yeah, I can get a lead Miss Diaz. Yeah, exactly. I'll, I'll take I'll take the 40 games of a lead Miss Diaz and put it with Dulo. I, I mean, I that that's just really my point here is is that you're everybody everybody preaches upside, 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 upside. And then suddenly they're just like, no, we're not going to talk about upside anymore. We're going to pick Brendan Crawford, who's going to hit 12 home runs, over Tulu, who could hit 12 home runs in the span of six weeks. Yeah, and there's really there's, – the leash really isn't short with Tulu, and the lineup got a little bit better with Grichik. And I don't know. What's that to like? He's in Toronto, Joe. The, the counting stats, if he plays, are going to be there. Uh, I just – I just love this pick. It just screams return in value. Okay, Joe's Joe is done. Yeah, I just hate him. <laughs> All right, he ruined my fantasy baseball career. Yeah, that's right because he was awesome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, so I'm, I'm going to talk about Kettle Marte. Um, I, I like him. I like. I, I like him a lot. Uh, you know. As per the end of last season and into the playoffs, I think it's probable that he's going to end up the Arizona starting shortstop. I also think there's a shot that he might lead off with an 11.4% walk rate and the OBP um, being as strong as it is. He showed some pop, five homers over 255 plate appearances. Um, I mentioned the walk rate, but also the K rate was at 14%. Between AAA and the majors, the line doesn't look spectacular. 11 homers, 10 steals. That seems boring, but there's more speed there. Um, and I think his lack of speed production at the MLB level had to do with the fact that he was batting towards the end of the lineup. And I know Joe mentioned that three and four is really where you saw the negative impact, but I believe that the eight spot in NL lineups gets negatively affected as well. Um, so Having seen 28 and 29 steel steel seasons in his profile with full-time at-bats and a role near the top of the lineup, I think Marte could swipe 20 bags on the Diamondbacks team that loves to run. They were top 10 in stolen base attempts last year. Pair that potential with the likely improvement in batting average. He only had a 290 BABIP last year, which I think should have been better. Good on base skills, and he's a non-zero power guy now. With his fly ball percentage up, his full fly ball percentage up, and his hard contact on fly balls up. You're looking at a player that could put together something similar to what we said Elvis Andrews could put together, except for Joe, because he loves him. 12 homers, 25 steals, 270 batting average, 370 OBP, and that would be hitting at the top of a very good lineup. Pat, how is he hitting at the top of that lineup? 
He could hit one. Well, how? If with Pollock, Peralta, and Goldschmidt, who, and Lamb, who's who's getting bounced out of there? Peralta. Why? Why would they get rid of him? He has a really good OBP. He gets on base. Yeah, he's got some injury history. True, and Pollock has so, injury history. So does Pollock as well. Okay. Um. Yeah. I, I'm not going to go over a full rebuttal. I'm just not a big fan of Marte. I don't really see the power in his swing, and I don't really see too much speed upside. He's kind of a boring pick to me. Obviously, if he does move to the top, which I don't really think is going to happen because I still think that if Owings is healthy, he would go before Marte does. Um, yeah, I'm not really on this pick. I don't really see too much upside from him. Joe, you yeah, like him, though. Yeah, I mean, I don't really have much to add on what Pat said, aside from the fact that he, he hit the ball harder toward towards the, the very, very tail end of the season. Um, but yeah, I think there's 15, 15 upside. I, I like the power a little bit more than Pat. I think the speed's a little bit less than what Pat said. But 15, 15 upside here is crazy, crazy valuable. Um, and I think this is a this is the sort of pick that can, that if you end up punting shortstop, you can save yourself here with someone like Marte who can kind of break out and return a reasonable value, something like Elvis Andrus. Um, and you didn't have to invest a 90th overall pick or, or whatever it was. So um, I, I, I like him. I, I think this is a, this is a good pick out here. All right. Uh, my guy is Dansby. Swanson. Swansonite. I was way off. Um, so <laughs> I, I love Dansby. Uh, I always did. He kind of reminds me. Well, not kind of. He very much reminds me of Scooter Jeanette and Jake Lamb uh, to when they previously came up to the majors. Uh, Very, very similar. Good, good contact hitter. Patient at the plate. Doesn't strike out much. Um, Well, more so Jeanette than than Lamb. Um, And this lineup, definitely, he definitely can move up. I don't know if he can move to the top because of NCRT, Albies, who we all love, and Freeman. But the four or five spot, or without, I think without a doubt, he'll be somewhere in that range at some point this season in which he could get some good RBI totals and some good runs. Um, I like the power upside in Swanson. I love the swing. Uh, he's 6'1", 190. He's got a nice build. He's got a lot of speed, which doesn't show on his stats. But I think this year we're going to see something like 15 – 15, like, like like with most of these guys, 15 plus, 15 plus, and the average is going to come way up, like way, 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 way up. Uh, he gets on base. He walks. He doesn't strike out much. Uh, I see him more as a 270-ish hitter, 280, possibly even better. Uh, I love this kid. I'm all over him. It's going to happen. It might not be this year, his breakout. His breakout will occur one day when he goes, when he hits 20 home runs and steals over 10, but this year he'll be just fine. Well, what, what's your actual project, projection for him? Uh, I, well, I think he's going to be at the top of the lineup somewhere. I think they're going to move maybe – it's hard to move any of those guys down, but I think he'll be in the top four somewhere. Uh, and if he is, I like him for 15 home runs, 17 steals, 275 average. 17 steals, 275. See, so I, I like the average – um, I, I agree with you. I think there's a lot more hit tool than what he's shown so far. Um, I, I'm just not sure if I'm on board with that much pop yet. I think he's probably closer to like 9, 10, or 11 home runs. Um, I agree with you that I think the steals will come up a bit, but I also think that's probably like 
like 9, 10, 11, 12 or so. I, I don't know if he gets to 15, 15 quite yet. I've got him at 15, 10, 265. That's not um, bad. No, he's, 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 he's a fine player. I, I think he's a little better in real life yeah. than he is in fantasy yeah. at this point. Definitely. Um, but I also think that people are I, – I think this is a, a little – insane that he's going as low as he is yeah i think he um, probably left a bad taste in a lot of people's mouths last year yeah he definitely did um but this is the former number one overall pick in the mlb draft um giving up on him at this point is is kind of silly uh if you were a believer last year there is no reason you shouldn't be taking him before this point um, and his ADP, just so we're clear, is 383.7 on NFBC and 357.62 on Fantrax. Wow. Um, so he's completely free uh, in most leagues. Okay, uh, so that's going to wrap it up for us tonight. Thank you so much for listening. We will be back next week with part one of our outfield preview. Um, we are avail- We are around on Twitter. I am. You can find me at Patrick FWO, Nick at Nick FWO, and Joe at Joe FWO. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll be back next week. See you later. If you love football, yelling at television screens with friends, and wearing clothing with someone else's name on it, there's a seat waiting for you at Buffalo Wild Wings, where you can enjoy football food and football beverages on our new $5 game day menu. Cheeseburger and fries, brats, cocktails, and pitchers of beer are just $5 each. Escape to football and the new $5 game day menu at Buffalo Wild Wings. Price and participation vary by location, not valid with any other offer. Please drink responsibly.